Welcome to the Exposing Pseudo-Astronomy podcast for another example of astronomy and astronomy-related misconceptions, mistakes, half-truths, and conspiracies. My name is Stuart Robbins, and this is episode 62 for the fourth quarter of January 2013. Today I'm bringing you an interview with Bill Hudson. Bill is an amateur astronomer who lives and works in California. And when he's not at his day job running a computer network for his employer, he regularly gives astronomy presentations to local school classrooms in the California Central Coast region. He is a member of the Fremont Peak Observatory Association, spends many summer nights using the 30-inch Challenger telescope there, and showing visitors the wonders of the night sky. He's the founder of the 2012hoax.org website, which is a wiki-type site, and he spent much of the last four years debunking the 2012 Doomsday Hoax. With that said, welcome to the podcast, Bill. Thank you very much, Stuart. Looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to it, too. Uh, So you said that you started the site 2012hoax.org four years ago. What was your motivation for that? Um, as I said before, I blame Mrs. Cranbill. I would be my oldest daughter's third grade science teacher, third grade teacher, uh, who found out I was an amateur astronomer and um, invited me to come into the classroom and give a presentation on astronomy. And so that got me started in giving pl- classroom presentations uh, in local schools in the third and fifth grades where they teach astronomy in California. And that's really what got me started, and I was doing that for several years before I ever heard about 2012. Um, How I initially heard about 2012 was I was approached um, during the 2007 year. Uh, There was a couple of questions about it. Uh, In 2008, there were more questions about it, but in 2009, I was confronted really by two fifth grade girls who were in tears, terrified that they were going to watch their families die a horrible death. That that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's really what got me started. Um, when I asked them where they had heard this, of course, the first thing out of their mouth was YouTube, and the second thing was Yahoo Answers. Um, Yahoo Answers is a community question and answer site uh, where a lot of kids, especially in that age, would go to try and get help with their homework, I guess. Um, but... They were on there asking these questions, and people were giving them these outrageously wrong answers. And so I joined. I started answering, giving you know more scientific quest, uh, scientific answers to the questions. It fell in with a group of people who were doing the same thing, and those people eventually formed the core of the website. Um, we ran into some resistance from people who were uh, promoting the idea, and. Uh, as a result of some organized attempts by them, my Yahoo Answers account was terminated. And so I decided that I needed a website that wasn't attached to my name specifically. Um, so I created the 2012 Hoax website and invited the other people to join uh, so we could create a site that was uh, basically a, a clearinghouse for the information so that if somebody had a question about, say, Nibiru, we could point them to a page on the website about Nibiru and address all the questions. That's really how it started. You had never really focused on pseudoscience before. It was just a natural progression from your outreach and going into public schools and talking to classrooms about actual real science and real astronomy. That's correct. And most of my stuff up to that point had been focused on basic astronomy like sizes and distances in the solar system. So this was about 2009, you said, when the site 2012hoax.org started 
How quickly did it grow, both in terms of contributors and web traffic? You said that you started out with maybe a core 8 to 10 people. Did that expand over the years? Uh, yeah, by the end we had probably a core of about 50 or 60 people. Um, the The site grew gradually, um, and there were a lot of things that I didn't know, didn't understand. Uh, so the whole thing about the Mayan calendar and stuff, I had to reach out to other people to get that answered. Um, and basically what happened was is that I sat down and said, okay, if I was going to ask a question about the Maya calendar, uh, who would I ask? And I fill in um, to association with uh, some archaeologists and anthropologists who were very happy to share the information uh, because they had been getting the same kinds of questions for years. How quickly did the traffic grow on the site? At first, very gradually. Um, probably throughout 2009, we had very uh, low traffic, maybe a few hundred visitors a day. There That's was still more than my blog got. <laughs> um, you know, probably by the end of 2009, it had picked up because that's when the movie 2012 was released. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, um, if you remember the um, marketing campaign for that, the viral marketing campaign. They oh, had, yes. The Institute the, for Human yes. Continuity. Yes. Discover the Truth, Google 2012. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, that helped, actually. Um, so we got a lot of traffic off of that, and there was quite a uh, quite a spike of traffic around the release of the movie. Um, and then there were after that it, it leveled off again, and I it was clicking along through most of the time period with under a thousand visitors a day. Uh, that would have been through 2010 uh, and 2011, and started picking up a little bit at the end of 2011 and into the beginning of 2012. Um, and again, there were some predictable spikes. Harold Camping created quite a stir. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, throughout 2012, the growth was linear. Um, by October of 2012, we were having about 3,000 visitors a day. But after that, it took off geometrically. <laughs> well, what did you get up to by the end of the world? Uh, December 20th of 2012, we had 98,000 unique visitors. That's impressive. Well, that's good that they were finding your stuff as they were searching for yes, what it yeah. all meant. What were some of the most viewed pages? Probably the top viewed pages were the stuff dealing with the Maya calendar. Maya calendar, why the 2012 date, um, and then some of the predictable stuff like Nibiru, Planet X, um, some of the stuff that had been, you know, the pseudo-astronomy surrounding the Maya calendar, things like the galactic alignment, those would probably be the top five pages on the site. And what were some of the most contentious pages? And did you have any actual threats because of there there were so many uh, potential issues with it, or you were talking about specific people? Uh, yes, there were some pages that were about specific people, and I did receive some threats. Um, there were... A couple of, uh, believe it or not, death threats over it. There were some people who threatened to sue me. Um, most of those threats are, well, I would say all of those threats were very hollow. Um, you know, I, I kept well within my legal bounds. Um, it's kind of hard to sue someone for defamation when you quote them directly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there were there were several pages that named specific people, and, and I did receive threats over those pages and threats to, to sue me. So... Uh, can, can you mention them just out of curiosity, or would you rather not? Uh, I, I don't mind mentioning them. Um, there's an Australian. Well, isn't 
immigrant to Australia named Pani Andav. Uh, looks like his first name looks like Payne, P-A-N-E. It was pronounced Pane, I guess. I think he's Greek in origin, but he immigrated to Australia. And um, the way that the site worked is after I got a certain number of inquiries about a certain person, then we would put a page up about them so that we could direct people to the page instead of answering the same questions over and over again. There were a lot of sing- one-off inquiries that we didn't you know, do pages about, but we got quite a few questions about people like uh, Trevor Alexander, a.k.a. Uh, Alexander Retrov. Uh, Pane Andov, Donnie Gilson, um, some of the other personalities surrounding uh, the 2012 stuff. So um, Pane Andov threatened to sue me. Um, Donnie Gilson threatened to sue me. Um, Patrick Gerald threatened to sue me. So um, those are those are some of the people that I had named directly. Um, in terms of ones that weren't named, because it was a wiki site, did you have people trying to you know, alter like stuff on Nibiru or uh, stuff on the pole shift? Did you have any contentious pages like that, or was it really mostly just the pages naming people? Um, we had some vandalism. There wasn't a lot of stuff where people were um, trying to rename stuff. Uh, we did have some vandalism early on, and so I made it a restricted wiki, which basically meant that I would have to approve you to be able to edit pages. Um, the forum portion of it was wide open, but as far as editing pages, you had to be a member in order to edit pages. Okay. Uh, and so that, that gave me a level of control that I don't think Wikipedia necessarily has. Um, so we, we circumvented a lot of that. There was some stuff going on on the forums. Uh, we tried very hard not to ban people from the forums. It became necessary in a few cases. Mm-hmm. There was one um, Gorlick, uh, even Gorlick, Ivan Gorlick, uh, who was basically posting things uh, surrounding the Large Hadron Collider, uh, basically saying that the, they had created all these black holes and everybody was going to die. And so after several days of convincing him, you know, please don't chase people around the website and scare them like that, then we finally had to ban him. Um, Did he offer any evidence for his claim, or was it just, ah, we're all going to die? Um, nothing substantial. Um, he, there was a lot of pseudoscience around the LHC startup, uh, and so he would reference that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And what, what happens, of course, is that... The conspiracy believers uh, tend to be uh, credulous about stuff that goes against, uh, you know, the scientific mainstream. They they right. tend to believe that easily, whereas, you know, the scientific explanations themselves are either beyond their ability to understand, or they're just boring and they don't really care about them, or whatever. Um, and I think that some of that's just attention-seeking behavior on their part. But yes, um, it was fairly easy to debunk most of the claims. Um, and at the same time, they, they continue to claim that we were, you know, shills for NASA. And I don't know where NASA keeps getting all this money that they're supposed to be paying me, but, uh, I haven't received oh, checks yet. Yeah. Let me tell you, NASA <laughs> is broke. <laughs> and we just, we just had a funding, uh, uh, one of the funding programs through NASA, uh, just released finally after 11 months. Uh, after submitting these grants, they just released the decisions, and it's like maybe 10% of the proposals were actually successful. And 
you know, it really sucks for young scientists who get their grants rejected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess NASA was spending all the money on hush money. I don't know. Uh, so I guess uh, moving on then, and I will do a, a, you know, just so podcast listeners know, I will do a separate episode on this later, but since there are plenty to go around, what are some of your favorite backpedlers now that the end of the world has come and gone without so much as really you know, a mass suicide attempt? Which uh, I'm thankful for that there were no mass suicide attempts, but uh, you know, what, what are some of your favorites? Yeah, I, I'm also thankful there wasn't a mass suicide attempt, although I, am, uh, I have heard uh, of a few cases, uh, nothing really substantial and nothing that I can out here – uh, improve except for the one that was documented in a newspaper in England. But um, as far as the backpedalers, I think probably the most humorous one has to be Donnie Gilson. Um, the uh, his whole claim was is that there were these system or several systems that were coming into the solar uh, coming into our solar system were going to cause all these problems. And um, and then about October. September October time frame or so he started kind of waffling on it and talking about well maybe we're on a positive timeline I'm not quite sure where who's getting that and then what does a um, positive timeline mean um, something about having multiple parallel time frames I guess um, you know parallel universes so he watched um, too much Star Trek Enterprise uh, something like that yeah all right um, and then. There was this weather balloon that got caught on video on December 20th. The guy in Sacramento was filming with an iPod or iPhone through a telescope and caught a weather balloon exploding. You know, when they get up to, what, about 50 miles or so, they blow up. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the instrumentation package descends by parachute. And so he caught this and um, on his phone and was uh, trying to sell the video on Craigslist or something like that, a local newspaper or excuse me, a local television station picked it up and put it on the air, and and they said, well, we don't know what it is, and so Donnie Gilson picked up on this and said the government was blowing up Nibiru. That was what was on this video, and oh, so that was his out. That was his out. Yes, um, and so now he's been proclaiming ever since then that you know the this whole system has been destroyed, but we have to watch out for Wormwood now or something. I thought they were um, supposed to be the same thing. Um, yeah, it kind of depends on which day. Okay. Um, some of the other the other backpedaling I've seen, uh, Patrick Gerald has basically uh, fallen off the face of the earth. I haven't heard anything from him or seen anything from him ever since uh, December 21st. What was his shtick before that? Um... Well, let's see. Originally, it was that the sun was going to create a giant solar flare that was going to impact the Earth and cause the core to shift over 180 degrees so that it was rotating in the opposite direction from the surface, which was in turn going to cause all these massive earthquakes and stuff. Uh, and we dealt with that very handily on the website by just demonstrating just how much power that would take to do that. Yeah, that actually sounds a little bit uh, like Brent Miller. He's also dropped off the map, but yeah, oh, he's a different okay. one. Um, and then there was um, – toward the end, he was saying that the uh, solar activity was causing earthquakes, and he was trying to predict earthquakes by the number of sunspots or something like that. Um, so, of course, neither of those two things came about. Um, Pane Andov uh, actually went off to a spot in the middle of Australia where he had received this 
message in a dream that would be a safe place. And of course it was a safe place because nothing happened. Right. Um, and he came back and had this big long spiel, which I still kind of haven't figured out what the point of it was, but uh, basically saying that there was some sort of spiritual um, event instead of a physical event, sort of like um, uh, Harold Camping said the first time. So, mm-hmm. Or David Wilcock. Actually, have you heard anything from David Wilcox by chance? Uh, no, I, I saw something from Daniel Pinchbeck, which basically said, uh, yeah, now we can move beyond all this and, and, you know, start talking about what really happened and, and all, all this. And there were several people who'd pointed out the, the, um, the problems with that statement, uh, cause he's been one of the big champions of there's going to be some sort of event, uh, some sort of a social or, or, uh, consciousness raising event that was going to occur. Mm-hmm. Of the 2012ers, who haven't said anything yet, who would you really want to hear an excuse from? Uh, John Major Jenkins. Um, I haven't really seen much from him, although he was not an end-of-the-world type. His thing was more of a, um, there's going to be some sort of a, um, what do you call it, sacrifice of ego and a consciousness raising and and, uh, that kind of thing. I haven't really seen much from him about the whole 2012 stuff. Um, those, those would be the big ones. Okay. Uh, so then I guess moving on from 2012, what's your latest endeavor? Well, um, I've been kind of, uh, resting, uh, the, the last few months of 2012 were, were kind of intense and, and, uh, I've been taking a few weeks off here. Um, we actually have started a new website that we, um, had planned well before, the end of 2012, uh, just because we knew that the website 2012 hoax was kind of dated. Uh, now that it's 2013, yes. Now that it's 2013. So we're taking a lot of the content uh, from the 2012 hoax website and we're moving it over to a new domain name. Uh, basically, it's cosmophobia.org, which was um, a phrase that uh, I got from um, Dr. Morrison at NASA. Um, who I met, had the pleasure of meeting uh, through this endeavor. Uh, met him twice. Um, so his phrase was cosmophobia, which is an unreasoning fear of the cosmos. And so the idea behind the cosmophobia.org website is we are going to get people to not be afraid of the cosmos by giving them some basic astronomy education and talking about things in um, a scientific way instead of uh, drumming up the fear. So it's geared towards the same basic idea as the 2012hoax.org, where you have you know the Planet X stuff is just too good to die off with 2012. I mean, it's gonna get recycled for the next Doomsday, and so it's more of a an undated type. All right, these are this is a way that someone has said the world is going to be destroyed because of something with astronomy. Now let's talk about it. Right, exactly. And of course, uh, Planet X was Nancy Leader's big thing, and she's, of course, never really stopped saying that Planet X is here. Uh, according to her, it's been here since 2003. We just can't see it because it's hiding behind the sun or something. Yeah, she. I did a whole episode about her. She's, she's an interesting person. <laughs> just leave it at that. Yes, I've met several interesting people through this. Yeah, uh, some people who probably need the white coats. (laughs) The padded rooms. Are you looking for people to help with the Cosmophobia site? Are you looking for uh, people to contribute? Or is it just uh, 
you're still in the process of really setting it up and migrating content? Uh, all of the above. Um, we're looking for people to help. We're looking for contributors. Uh, we're migrating content. Uh, we've set up a forum. Um, this time it's actually a PHP BB forum instead of being a forum um, underneath the website itself. So there's a separate site. One of our major contributors to the 2012 hoax site has set up on her personal website, uh, which is out of the UK, uh, a forum for us to use. And so uh, there's a separate forum site from the, the main wiki, um, which is working out really well. And then, um, yeah, we're looking for people to contribute to the forum. We're looking for people to contribute content, ideas, uh, fact check. One of the things we tried to do really strongly is make sure that what we said was accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, therefore my reaching out to the various different scientists. Uh, so I have to give kudos to uh, Johan Normark. I think you've spoken to him on one of your podcasts. Uh, yes, I interviewed him as the Mayan scholar. Uh, yes. <laughs> very early on. I'm trying to remember what episode that was. Um, I think it was episode 14, interview on the Mayan calendar, and what the Mayans think of 2012. Yeah, he actually reached out to us uh, back in 2009 to correct some information that was on the website, and that's that's how I got in touch with him. Um, and, of course, I was very grateful for him spending his time to to give us corrected information. Uh, John Hupps from University of Kansas, um, uh, Dr. Mark Van Stone, uh, who's done some extensive work through the Foundation for the Advancement of Mesoamerican Studies. Um, and, of course, Dr. Morrison and uh, other astronomers uh, that we've spoken to, um, astronomers and astrophysicists. So it's some of the some of the contributors actually had degrees in astronomy and astrophysics. So that was really cool. Uh, so just because you've mentioned him now a, a few times, uh, briefly, who is Dr. Morrison from NASA? Oh, Dr. David Morrison. He's the director of NASA Ames Research Center. He's also the director of the uh, SETI Institute uh, down there in Mountain View, California. Okay. And he's been uh, really involved with combating this type of stuff for the last few years. Yeah, he's actually for quite a while, well before the 2012 stuff hit, uh, was answering questions on NASA's Ask an Astrobiologist page. And astrobiology is actually uh, an area of study that he helped to found. Hmm. Um, astrobiology is, of course, you know, thinking about what life out in the universe would look like, uh, what conditions might um, be beneficial to it arising, uh, things of that nature. And so he is basically an expert on astrobiology, uh, one of the few around the world, and um, has been answering questions on that website for a long time. And, of course, he was beginning to be inundated by 2007 and 2008 with all these 2012 questions as well. And he actually uh, started doing YouTube videos talking about it. And about the third one that he did um, was actually an hour-long lecture he did down at Foothill College um, in Silicon Valley, and he said, "Hey, I found this great website called 2012hoax.org." <laughs> so I had to get in touch with him after that. All right. Uh, so I think that actually covers most of everything. I did want to ask you one final question, um, unless you had anything else that you wanted to say. No. All right. So if you could ask a pointed question of any of the uh, 2012 people, and they had to actually answer it, not give you know, some Hoagland-type excuse for whatever. Whom would you ask, and what would you ask? 
Well, um, it really applies to any of them. And it would be, what scientific evidence do you have for any of this? Good question. <laughs> and if they had to answer you truthfully, it would be an interesting or very short answer. Uh, yes, if they had to answer truthfully, it would be very interesting or short answers. Most of them point to uh, some pattern that they perceive and, you know, missing pieces of evidence or, you know... The government's covering up UFOs, and why would the government lie? Uh, why would we believe the government because they lie about UFOs? Answers of that nature are what I frequently run into. All right. Uh, well, I know that you have to get going fairly soon, so I want to uh, thank you for your time, and uh, I, I would say I wish you luck uh, if you believe in luck in your endeavor with uh, the cosmophobia. <laughs> uh, thanks, and. Um... Anybody's welcome to join. We we don't have a, a minimum degree level or anything like that. Um, we'll take all the help we can get. Yeah, and I'll link up to it in the show notes and on the Facebook page, Twitter feed, etc., etc., for anyone who uh, wants a, uh, a quick and easy link for that. Or just the URL is cosmophobia.org? Yes. All right. Well, there you go. Um, thanks again. And Thank you, Stuart. Talk with you later. All right. Thanks again to Bill Hudson for coming on and talking about the 2012hoax.org website, which I believe is now redirecting to his cosmophobia.org website. Um, again, I'll post links to all that in the show notes and whatever, but it's not that hard to remember, cosmophobia.org. And with that said... That wraps up this episode, 62, for the Exposing Pseudo-Astronomy podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you enjoyed it and learned a little at the same time. For more information about this podcast, please visit the website at podcast.sjrdesign.net. If you have any feedback, please use 1. The feedback form on the website, 2. Send an email to podcast at sjrdesign.net, 3. Leave a comment on the page for this episode on the website, 4. Leave a comment on my blog post for this episode. Five, leave a comment on the Facebook page for this podcast. Or six, send me a tweet at PseudoAstro. I do read every message and appreciate the feedback. If you have suggestions for topics, please feel free to make them. Please write a review and rate this podcast on iTunes or your podcast website or service of choice. If you liked it, then also tell friends, family, and two random people you'll never meet in real life.